your hosts, Tim Weisberg and Matt Costa. Good evening. Welcome to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg here along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. We are here. We are troopers. We waited through that big, long Red Sox game. You knew when they played the Yankees that it was going to take a while before we got on the air. That's just the way that it goes. That's how it always goes. Right. Every time. Every single time. But we are here to talk with you about the paranormal for the next, oh, 48 minutes or so, as we are each and every Saturday night, and we're also broadcasting on SpookySouthCoast.com on Spooky TV, which we have a little bit of a different configuration. I can't see it, Matt. I don't have it loaded up on any of my stuff. Yep. But uh, I have to say, I'm, I'm very interested in your approach here okay. with, with the use of furniture. For the cameras, <laughs> yeah, it, it it worked out very well. Yes, I, I think I think uh, I think uh, that company, you know, who but I think they'd be pretty happy with uh, what you're using their chairs for there. Yeah. I don't know if I could promote them on the air. That's why I didn't say it. No. But we do have the spooky TV cameras up and running. If you want to check out what we look like, you can see my face, but you can see Macos's back, which I think is how he likes it. That's, that is how I like it. And speaking of back, you are back today. From the Ocean State Paracon, which you uh, attended this morning. I was, I was everywhere today. You, you've been everywhere, everywhere man. <laughs> you've been everywhere. <laughs> yes, I have. But, um, yeah, it was the uh, Ocean State Paranormal uh, Paracon, uh, the second annual one, uh, put I, put on by Ken DaCosta and his, his son, which I can't remember his name. Steve, I believe. We'll oh. call him Steve. I think Steve DeCosta works with me at the Standard Times. Does it? Yeah, I think he <laughs> might be somebody else. Are I don't related? know. I feel bad because I can never remember yeah, his name fine. either. That's fine. But uh, yeah, it was a good. It was a great event. Um, it was at the uh, Saint Saint Anne's Church and Cathedral Hall, I believe. That's what it was called. There was so many people there. It was actually the first uh, paranormal convention that I've ever been to, and uh, yeah, I, I definitely like go to more. I didn't know it was uh, it was quite the good time. And you were on assignment, of course, for both our program and for Spirit I, Connections. I was. I was running, running around trying to do some filming, trying to record some audio. Um, some of it didn't work out so well. Some of it did. So. And and do you feel do you, you know some of the audio that you try to get for our show didn't work out? But do you you feel like you've got some good stuff coming up on Spirit Connections? Oh yeah, definitely. We have um, they talked to. Um, a good amount of people from the TAPS uh, home team, which was uh, pretty good. They're saying no audio or video on Spooky TV, by the way. I don't know if there's anything you can fix from where you are. Not to interrupt you. And also, by the way, I did a little research. Dave DaCosta is, is Ken's That's son. his name. Yes. Well, it's Steve now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we won't tell Steve. Uh, see, I'm terrible with first names. Yeah, well, can, that's fine. I can I can remember DaCosta. That's the important part. Because, duh, it's Costa. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> it, is, uh, um, it is partially your last name. So when you were, you, you know, when you go to these things, uh, obviously it's 
everybody gets together to promote their group, to promote their book. You know, people go there with something in mind. They're, they're trying to get their name out there in the paranormal community yeah. in the area. But it does turn into like a big um, you know, social gathering where people yeah, kind of interact. There, there and, was a lot of sh- schmoozing right. and things going on. Um, but, I mean, uh, yeah, there were a lot of paranormal groups. And, I mean, s- believe it or not, they it seemed like everybody was getting along. Well, good. <laughs> for now. For now. Well, who knows what happened after they all went out for a few drinks afterwards and, you know, paranormal bar fights uh, ensued. Yeah. There was a there was a raffle. There was some uh, some good food to be had. You're still waiting to find out if you won the T-shirt, right? Yeah, the, the, cat, the cat T-shirt. Right. Which, so, Ken, if you're listening, you know, yeah. Matt Costin wants to know. If he has an in for that cat T-shirt. <laughs> or actually, whoever won it and doesn't want it, if you don't yeah. want it. You we'll know, probably Matt, find Matt it Matt on Costin eBay will be or take it. I mean, you could have gotten signed by Joe Chin uh, and Shannon Sylvia and all those, you know, Paris celebrities. That would have been uh, amazing. So now, when you're, um, but when you're going there and you're seeing all these people kind of interact, a lot of what comes up is discussion about the field and discussion about new techniques and discussion about new equipment and things like that. I mean, did uh, did anybody kind of come out of left field with anything that you heard or overheard while you were uh, walking around interviewing people? I, d- I didn't really uh, come across any. Um new technologies or new uh, gadgets mm-hmm. or devices, so to speak. Um, I, I did see kind of like, uh, like I said, this is my first uh, paranormal convention that I went to, believe it or not. I know. Yeah. But um, there... It's only been uh, like seven years, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. I know, you usually were working on Saturdays. Yeah. So. But uh, it's, I, I felt like it was, um, there were a lot of like, I guess, gadget oriented groups out there um they had you know and their table full of like cameras sure. visual recorders and stuff but there was uh, quite a few um groups out there that had like unconventional i guess mm-hmm. um devices ghost hunting devices I, like you know i almost wonder though how much of that is because there's been a movement away from the tech. And how much of that is because to have the cool tech, you know, the, the in technology for ghost hunting these days, yep. it, you have to spend a little bit more coin than when you did six or seven years uh, ago. Yeah, yeah. You know, Actually, uh, Mike Markwitz and I were, were talking about that a little bit and how uh, there's a million groups out there that deserve um, high-quality equipment that just can't afford it. And we were we were just kind of like talking back and forth about um, some sort of grant that should be established for deserving groups and things like that. So was was there a, a lot of discussion amongst the groups about that, or or? Oh, that was just kind of me and Mike just putting around an idea. Because it, it seems like you know if you can afford the tech, great. But if you can't, it's almost like you have the built-in reason not to by saying well we're going old school you know we're going we're going holzer as opposed to taps yeah, yeah. um i guess on a on a uh with a group with a fixed income it's uh probably the the wiser approach i suppose to go with uh i mean dowsing rods and crystals and stuff that's that's Seems to be more affordable than buying a thousand uh, dollar sound digital sound recorder or something. 
Right. And when you see the results that people get from those uh, technologies, you know, it's it's not often that different than what you would get uh, from cheaper equipment. No, I mean, it, some of the uh, EVPs that you get with high-quality digital recorders, you could probably get all with just a regular, I don't know, 1299 um, analog recorder that you got at Radio Shack mm-hmm. or where whatever electronics place I, I th- you go to. I think the value in spending the money is for your own peace of mind as the investigator. You know, it's like, okay, well, I spent $200 on this piece of equipment, so yeah. therefore it's got to be less prone to to interference. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it's any less prone to operator error. Yeah, I and also it doesn't mean that you really did get a two hundred dollar recorder for two hundred dollars, especially if you're buying them from ghost hunting websites. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But no. uh, I suppose if uh, you get some sort of bragging rights if you can afford that equipment. I mean, I guess. I guess I always look at some of these groups that that we know that we work with and and see some of the equipment that they have and think to myself, you know what? I know that you're on a fixed income. Like your family, like I hope, I hope like your son didn't get to play baseball this year because you spent that money on you know an RTEVP. Yeah, when yeah. you could have just used a free app. When I see this this stuff that's out there though, uh, especially like I mentioned on the ghost hunting sites. Uh, for example, one of our friends won uh, a shack hack at the uh, Paracon today. Yeah, and so she was asking me some questions about it, and I looked up the model online. And I saw one of the ghost hunting sites is selling it for $129. It's a $20 oh, wow. recorder really? from Radio Shack. And you've hacked the Shack before. You, yeah, you've, yeah. you've taken some of these uh, Radio Shack radios and, and modified them for, for ghost hunting yeah, use. I, it's I not that difficult, right? Yeah, I don't know how, uh, how different the, um, the newer models are, but the, the older ones, the older Shack hack, um, it was fairly easy. And, I mean, it probably took me, I don't know, Maybe 20 minutes, not even. So it wasn't $100 worth of labor? No. Yeah, That's no. what you're saying? Because, uh, I mean, there was no, uh, there's nothing, you, you didn't necessarily have to modify it exactly. You just kind of uh, clipped some wires. <laughs> yeah, and it's, yeah. it's. So I can't imagine the newer models any. I, I think that, different. Part, I mean, part of it too with the Shack Hacks is availability. I mean, they're getting harder and harder to find. That's true. Because they're there just, is, guess, there's no need to, yeah, there's no real demand for those radios outside of what we're using them for. Yeah, Radio Shack is not going to uh, produce those just strictly for paranormal use. Exactly. Because, I mean, although the paranormal is kind of, is widespread, um, not everybody wants those. And how many of those are they really going to sell? There's one particular model that's being used out there. It's pretty popular. And it's really like, it's the same model radio that you can find in dollar stores. You know, that if you go to like a, a, a you know, Oh really? Family. No, you know, at the dollar store, like yeah, for a yeah. buck, but you know, like the cheap stores, the low end stores around here, uh, you can find a similar model for like three or four bucks. Hmm. And if you can just figure out how to do the modifications, which, you know, Frank Sumption started, a great movement amongst those who uh, mess with these devices by putting up videos online, how-tos of how to modify them. Yeah. So for every, uh, if you're spending money buying a Shack Hack radio from a website, chances are that person learned how to do that from a YouTube video. And you could learn the same thing and eliminate that 
issue by just going out and finding the radio yourself on eBay or what have you and making your own modifications. I mean, am I wrong in thinking that, you know, any radio that you go out and buy for the most part, you're going to be able to find the schematic online to figure out which pin you have to remove to make it sweep. As Um, long as it has, as long as it has that sweep function. Um, I, I suppose in a way, but uh, um, they're not all engineered the same way, so I guess it would necessarily it would be different um, radio to radio. Um, I mean, some don't use the uh, the same pins and things like that. So um, you would actually, I think, you might have to find the actual microchip and like kind of monkey around with that so, i mean we we so. i purchased a few years ago uh, a 1935 westinghouse radio mm-hmm. uh you know the big floor model you know you've seen yeah, it yeah. and we found the schematic online yeah so that we could do whatever we wanted with it now we've toyed with different ideas of what to do with it uh one of which was turning it into a giant shack hack yeah which you know would involve putting in some digital guts uh to make it have that sweep function but it would be housed in a pretty unique housing for it but we also, I mean, we talked everything from hooking up a, an iPod to the speaker yep. and just running old-time radio out of it to making it fully functional again, which I really want to do. We should definitely get the capacitors yeah, and yeah. do that. But <laughs> before before I break it, even worse. But, um, you know, and that's something that's, you know, 75 years old, and I was able to find it. So you, you're going to be able to find something close to whatever it is that you have. Or look and see what kind of schematics you can find online where you can easily figure out how to adapt it and then look for that model. You know, instead of finding the radio first and then looking for the schematic, find the schematic and then look for the radio. Yeah, I guess I would. Um, that, that would probably be good. But I guess maybe that's me. You know, I'm a do-it-myself kind of guy if I can because I'm cheap. You know that. Yeah. You can appreciate that. You're the same you're way. You're cheap. You're just thrifty. I'm thrifty. I, I, I had an issue with my car where my accelerator was sticking. My throttle was stuck open. And the accelerator pedal would go all the way down to the floor, and I'd have no control over it. And I would just kind of take off. And I was able to ride it out, literally, yeah. for a couple of weeks, where when it happened, I would just throw it into neutral, and then after a second, it would unstick, and I could drive again. And I was driving around like that, not exactly safe. But uh, this week, it stuck completely. Really? And I just, like, I went to go to work at. You know, 5.30 in the morning on yeah, Tuesday. You got there in record time. <laughs> well, I, I started going down the road, and the car was driving itself. It was like it was in cruise control or something, but I don't have cruise control. And I could only stop it by stepping on the brake and holding it. And I was like, if I do this, I'm going to drive 25 miles to work. I'm going to blow out my brakes just trying to get there. So I, I went home, and I watched a YouTube video. I bought a $4 can of spray, Yep. and I cleaned it and fixed it myself. And now... You know, knock on wood, it seems <laughs> to be working okay. So that's just the kind of guy I am. And I think if we have more of that amongst the paranormal groups, you know, you'll see, A, some of this equipment prices coming down, and B, we'll get back into, you know, modifying cheap home equipment, uh, personal use equipment to be able to be used in the field. I mean, I, I have yet to – I mean, I've been using a millimeter now for about a year, and – I have yet to see really no difference using that than if I had a $20 digital thermometer and a $20 cell sensor EMF detector. You know, just as an example. It's easier for me to have it in one piece. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. And then, you know, there's people who say, and we're seeing 
discussion in the chat room here. You know, some people don't even see the need to have Shack Hack, so why are we going on about it? Um, you know, it, it, it's everybody has their own um, their own tools for the toolbox, and I keep mine with me because when we do a Legend Trips event, people like it, and yep. people like to have that option of using it. If I was conducting a serious investigation, uh, you know, of a private home or something and trying to help people get to the bottom of what was going on, would I pull out the Shack Hack? Well, probably not. Yeah. But uh, if the homeowner was there and they wanted to try to make contact, then I might try it. Yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't necessarily think the Shack Hack is some, like a reliable piece of equipment to use in, the, in ghost hunting. But, um, I mean, it is a unique device. Well, I'm going to stop you right there. I think it's fine to use in ghost hunting. Yeah. I think it's not so good to use in paranormal investigation. Uh, not to get all semantical on you, yeah, but yeah. I'm just saying, like, I think... It, I, I, agree. I agree. It's almost like when I pull it out, and I don't mean to diminish the results that anybody has gotten on these things, including us. Yeah. Because I didn't buy into this from the first day we ever used one. I, I was thinking to myself, this is a load of crap, but at least it'll be a lot of fun to try. Yep. And we tried it in the apartment from where the Boston Strangler murdered one of his victims. And we were getting what we thought was Albert DeSalvo coming through and responding to our questions. Yeah. And it kind of blew me away a little bit, the connections we were able to make. Uh, if it was kind of like, you know, yes, no answers, I'd probably still have a little bit more of a hairy eyeball toward it. But it seemed to me like we were getting at least, I don't want to say intelligent responses, but at least better than... Uh, circumstantial responses, you know, better than random. Yeah. And uh, and every time I've used one since, well, not every time, but for the most part, when I've used one since, a similar effect has happened. But I still feel when we go to a Legend Trips event and I pull it out and I'm like, I have a Shack Hack if anybody wants to use it. And a lot of people are like, yeah, let's do a session. I still feel to some degree like I'm uh, performing a parlor trick. You know yeah, what I mean? Almost like you're doing a, a table tipping or something. Yes, I, I'm. I'm not trying to diminish uh, the what comes out of it and and the results that people get, but I just feel like when you're doing it, you're putting on a show. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, whenever you do use it, a lot of people expect results too. And that's not to say that. Uh, that's not to say that I'm putting on a show when yeah, it's happening. Yeah. I mean. Anytime I've done a session, it's been as legit as I feel that it is. Yeah, yeah. I know that sometimes I've heard things that other people haven't heard. Yeah. I think it's uh, I think it's just because um, the the shack hack itself has been slightly sensationalized. Because I mean, when it first came out, a lot of people did get re- um, steady results, and when uh, when people first use it, they um, or I find they they kind of tend to uh, expect things to come through right away so I but i mean those things sometimes it takes time well we'll be using these devices at our event at fort Tabor coming yeah. up on june 22nd and if you want to get tickets to this you can do so by going to legendtrips.com and for anybody that's outside the south coast area uh, that needs a place to stay the seaport Inn and marina has a limited amount of rooms left uh, they're holding for our Legend Trips guests. So if you buy your tickets right away, you can call up and reserve those rooms before they're gone. They have a big wrestling event going on that day at the Seaport Inn and Marina, the uh, New England Wrestling Hall of Fame. So nice. the fact that there's any rooms available at all there is amazing to me because pretty much every place in the South Coast area is booked. 
I mean, I've been calling for really? weeks trying to get. I'm talking like places that you wouldn't let your worst enemy stay at <laughs> are full. You know, places yeah. like that are I, I, rented I, by the a hour. A couple places uh, come to mind that I won't mention in yeah. that I've driven by. I've never stayed in, but I've driven by. I've seen the police tape. No, I'm just kidding. Well, the the uh, Seaport Inn, though, is a, is a great place it and is, it really reportedly is. haunted. So you have the chance to maybe encounter a spirit and a professional wrestling legend while you stay there. So that alone is reason to stay there. But if you want to get the tickets to join us at Fort Tabor, go to legendtrips.com. This event is happening June 22nd, and a portion of all the ticket sales, tickets are just $99, and a portion of all those ticket sales goes right back into helping Fort Tabor restore the grounds and restore the buildings. And uh, last winter, we were able to raise enough money from our October event there to keep the heat on at the military museum for the entire winter. So we paid the heating bill for that military museum to stay open throughout the winter. So I can only imagine if we can get everybody down there now in the nice – that was a freezing cold night. And a lot of people did not want to be outside. But we had great activity happening, and it was well worth being a little bit chilly. So now it's going to be nice, seasonable summer weather. So uh, that could help increase the level of activity for sure. And it'll certainly make for a much more comfortable night uh, for those in attendance. So you'll get dinner. We give you a, a nice pizza and salad dinner. You get hours of ghost hunting. You get lectures from myself and Jeff Belanger. And yep. we'll have other special guests there as well. So you're going to learn some things before you go out there and investigate the fort. And keep in mind, you can't get into Fort Tabor. Yeah, fort Rodman. I'm sorry. Fort Rodman. You cannot get into the fort. Hardly ever. A couple times a year, they open it up for historical reenactments. But otherwise, this is your only chance to really get in there and explore. And you can never get into the Millican Battery, which is where I had one of my most profound paranormal experiences last October. So you have to go and come to this event and get your chance to get into these places while you can because uh, it'll be a night that you won't forget. Legendtrips.com is the website. And speaking of Fort Tabor, I've been hearing about some UFO UFO activity that happened over Fort Tabor this past week. Really? Yes. A trusted the, source. Uh, I don't. I don't know if he wants me to to, to mention his name on the air, um, but a trusted source uh, has told me that while he's been out there, and if he's listening, he he can call in if he if he feels comfortable enough with doing so. But uh, UFOs have been spotted over Fort Tabor the last few days. So I want to hear from you if you've seen anything strange down that neck of the woods. Five oh eight. Nine nine six zero five hundred one eight seven seven nine nine six fourteen twenty. Just give us a call. Let us know what you saw, even if you know, even if you're not totally sure what it was. And I wish Moniz was here. I know he's exhausted from the Paracon all day <laughs> today, but uh, I wish he was here because he would probably know a little bit more than we would. Uh, here we go. We have a phone call right away. Maybe it's him. Good good evening. You're on Spooky South Coast. How are you? Oh, how about I hit air? Sorry, those Saturday morning shows not being here has kind of made me forget how to use the phones. Good, good evening. How are you? Good. How are you, Tim? It's Taylor. Oh, hey Taylor, how's it going? Great. You called the regular people line. Yeah, I, I called the regular. I'm, I'm to... a regular folk on on weekends. No, you called the special people line. Okay, fine. <laughs> so what happened? Well, I was on West Island last night and uh, was uh, just hanging out with a few old high school buddies and. Uh, one of them was actually on West Island a couple nights before and was telling us a story of he saw this this light as over 30,000 feet high, guesstimating. It wasn't flashing. 
Um, it was moving faster than any plane he saw, and then it uh, changed directions very suddenly and, and sped off and, and just kind of faded into the night, I guess. About an hour after he told us that story, what he described happened again, and we all saw it happen. It was right over Fort Tabor. It was this light that just went sideways to an horizontal and then shot straight up, and it took about 20 seconds to uh, disappear. Hmm. It was it was very, very strange. I mean, I, I can tell you, like, and we, we've talked about this privately, you and I, that... Uh, one of the only times that I think I've ever seen a UFO was coming back from one of our Legend Trips events uh, from Lizzie Borden's, and it was like 3 o'clock in the morning uh, on a Sunday morning, and I saw something you know similar. I just saw something kind of floating there and then take off at an incredible speed, and that was kind of over uh, like Cogshaw Street as you're heading back toward Wareham, uh, but a similar type thing. And I, I can't imagine that it would be anything military, and wasn't there there's some sort of sighting uh, maybe a month ago, something over Route 140 that people actually stopped and, and got out of their cars? That was a few. That was uh, I think that might have been last summer. And last summer. That was, okay. as far as I know, that was debunked as being a, a plane, uh, even okay. though people who were on the scene told me that there's no way it could have been a plane. It was making maneuvers that they'd never seen a plane make before. But we had that huge rash happening a few weeks ago uh, over, they, I know they were spotted over Wareham. Uh, and over a lot of the South Shore up into Quincy. And the uh, Air Force came out and said that it is not a drone. Uh, I'm sorry, the FAA came out and said that it was not a drone, which is usually kind of their go-to excuse. Right. You know, so the fact that they were saying that it wasn't, I mean, maybe they're trying to swerve us away from thinking drones, <laughs> which they'd yeah, probably of, be justified one the, in. One of the friends I was with uh, last night said he saw something over 140 just a couple of weeks ago, a bright orange light that just kind of shot across, hovered for a second, then sped off. Hmm. So, very, very strange things going on, I guess. Well, if, if any of our MUFON friends are listening, uh, and this, this has actually been open as a case, see, if Moniz was here, he would be able to know, because he's, uh, even though he's not a full-fledged MUFON member, he's kind of close to the MUFON community here in the area. Right. And uh, th- there could be a case opened up about this, and we don't know. You think we'd be on the alert list by now? <laughs> like, right. you know, tell Spooky South Coast. <laughs> so, well, all right, I'll uh, listen to see if anybody else had uh, any other strange sightings. But you guys always do a great job. I enjoy listening to you. Thank you, and likewise, I listen to you on my way home from work every afternoon. Thank you very much. All right, all right. have a good night, folks. Take care. That is Taylor Cormier. You can listen to him every day on Midday Live with Taylor right here on WBSM. But if you saw this thing out over Fort Tabor, give us a call, 508-996-0500, Although I can't imagine that you live far enough uh, away to use the toll-free line that you've seen something in Fort Tabor. But who knows? Maybe when we're out there June 22nd, we could have similar uh, experiences. That would be kind of strange. That would be. Are you going to come to this thing? Are you going to be down there I'll, i'm gonna try to go i know i know that you usually work saturdays before the show yeah, yeah. but you could come after work yeah, i definitely. mean we would just be definitely. getting started more or less definitely. i i uh recently within the last uh month or two um visited fort Tabor. not inside but um it was the first time i actually went there and um i would love to get inside yeah it's 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 like how often do you get to go into a fort uh, that old with a, that much history behind it and also like you got to come hang with me in Milliken, yeah because that place is insane yeah like I, I can't even describe it to you I'm, i mean 
uh, again, you're th- like three stories underground. You know, you're in the side of this hill. Yeah. And there's a big wide opening at either end. And then it's like a big H shape. And you walk down the middle of the H. And there's all these, excuse me, all these rooms that veer off from there. And you can't go in most of them because, like, there's giant drops and rusty metal sticking up and, nice. you know, broken glass. And, they, you know, you just can't go down most of them. But a lot of them you can go into. And it, it almost becomes kind of a funhouse effect because you're walking down. There's one spot we walk down where there's a, a hallway so narrow that it's only about this wide and you have to go down kind of with your back against the wall for the entire length of it. Yeah. And it's just so strange, all these little rooms. And to, when we were in the dead center of it, and we could feel air blowing on us with no explanation as to where it could be coming from, when you're in the middle of this giant... Yep. And I really have to show you. To, I can't explain it to you. Uh, and even when I show you where it is and I say, this is where we had air blowing in our faces, you're going to say, well, How? But uh, it, it was uh, an incredible night, and I'm sure it'll be another incredible night on June 22nd. So legendtrips.com is the website if you want to come and take place in that. We hope to see you there. Uh, I can't imagine that if you are um, a first-time paranormal investigator, if you've never been on a ghost hunt, if you're a seasoned pro at this and you've been doing it for years and you just yeah. want to get into a new location, or even if you're not really into the paranormal and you're just a big history buff, which we had a bunch of those last time we were there, this is a great event for you, and the most important part about it is it's going back to helping Fort Rodman, Fort Tabor in their restoration efforts. One of the things that they hope to eventually do someday is to do all the work on the roof of Fort Rodman itself to be able to keep it open mm-hmm. and have it be safe. Right now, it's not really safe to let people in there, and when you go in there as part of this event, there's only certain areas you can go into. You can't go up into the lighthouse on the third floor. You can't go up under the roof, but you can only go into this like limited area of it. And, and the more work we can do on helping them restore it, the more areas of the fort we'll be able to investigate. But I, I got to tell you, it's, it's just one of my favorite places to go. Yeah. That would be great if like they, uh, got the money that they needed to open up all those different places. Cause I mean, what just, the, I mean, you had, uh, plenty of activity where you guys were, Mm-hmm. Um, initially, and they've they let alone like they knows, find new areas. Who to knows it. what you would find if the whole place was you could walk around the whole place, if, when, or if you could get in that lighthouse. As they restore it, they find like new bunkers and new batteries. Oh, yeah. So, like you know, as you're walking from the fort proper down to Millican Battery, it's a long walk. I'm I think I'm bringing a bicycle with me this time. <laughs> but as you're as you're going down there, like you can see other. Bunk, uh, other batteries that we don't even investigate as part of this uh, just because there's so much ground to cover. So it's uh, it, it's really a phenomenal place. And uh, like I said, I got to get some sort of way to, you know, some sort of motorized. Not that I couldn't walk yeah. it. How about a Razor scooter? That would that would be great. Yeah. I'm thinking about just driving my bike up there that night. Yeah. You know, that might be easiest. <laughs> and <laughs> running that thing down. But you're on limited time to get back and forth. Yeah. So that's that's why it is. I mean, it, it, the walk takes about 10 minutes out of your time uh, investigating that area. But, oh, man, come and check it out, please. Legendtrips.com. It's, uh, Dave says get a Segway. I would love a Segway. If anybody out there has one that would like to donate for the night, uh, I'll, I might even pay for your ticket <laughs> to, the, <laughs> to the event if you can loan me your Segway. And that's not because I'm lazy, but that's because I took a Segway tour at Gillette Stadium for a story <laughs> for the Standard Times, and it was awesome. And uh, and that lady kept a close watch on me, 
and I couldn't really do yeah. like tricks and stuff. So imagine if I was unsupervised on a Segway. So, um, but uh, how much? How much are tickets? Just ninety nine dollars. That's not bad. I mean, That's when you think about it, you're getting dinner included with that. Yep. So you know we're saving you about fifteen twenty bucks there. Keep in mind that with all of our Legend Trips events, you get snacks and drinks on the house, right, complimentary guys, throughout the night. I, I have to say, every uh, I, I don't usually stick around for the uh, investigation because usually I'm tired mm-hmm. and I just want to go to bed. But um, I do raid the snack bowl, and you guys have a wide variety of snacks for who like whoever wants whatever. You guys seem to have whatever like. We do crackers, candy and crackers and cream cheese. If I hear somebody coughing, whatever. I'm like, "This cough drops on the table yep, over there." There you go. You know, and if I tell you, "Hey, there's breath mints over there for you," yep. that's not to imply that your breath stinks. It's just because we're, you know, we try to provide yep. everything that you need. You so, guys think uh, of everything. Yeah, we we try to, and we try to plan for every eventuality, but it doesn't always work. And I know that, uh, you know, sometimes people are upset at, yep. you know, not having enough time in one particular location because. You do go to these different zones, but that's key to keep things moving. Yeah, I, I, I never saw a brandy last for LeBron M and M's, so or bugles <laughs> filled with cream cheese. No, uh, but that could be coming. We could yeah. work on that. The Arata so, Camels are always there. They are. They are. They're, and we bring our own equipment for you to use. You can utilize our our equipment. Yeah, that's, uh, on on the investigation. So that's a that's a great opportunity for people who haven't tried pieces of equipment mm-hmm. to try it out, see if they like it, um, see if they want to use it whenever they. If they want to go do their ghost hunting, or if they want to do some paranormal investigation, and 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 they, the cool thing about it is like people who come with the suitcases full of equipment are more than happy to say to the people who have never been there before, "Here, try this out. Yeah, check yeah. this out." And uh, and we've got just a great group of regulars. I mean, I cannot praise enough <laughs> the people who come to all of our events. And just what a, a fantastic group of people they are. Uh, we've got yeah. quite a few of them in the chat room tonight right now. And uh, really, we, like, we wouldn't be doing these events if it wasn't for people like them. Yeah. You know, that's who, when we're sitting there devising where we're going to go next and what we're going to do next, like Jeff and I are actively talking about, you yeah. know, you know Kira's going to love this place. Kristen, Alicia, they're going to love this place. You know, Frank's going to be able to take some awesome photographs here. So uh, we, we make sure that, you know, we are trying to cater this toward the attendees, you know, it's not about what, where, where we want to go and what we want to do. It's about what we think is going to be, yeah. uh, the best bang for people's paranormal buck, you know, because everybody's got their hand out to try to, to make money in this. And I, I can tell you, you know, we're not really making a lot of money off these events because we're turning it around and giving it right back to you, uh, on, on the event itself. So legendtrips.com is the website to check it out. I think maybe we should take one break for the evening, and then when we come back, we can also take your calls, 508-996-0500, Those are the numbers if you want to get a hold of us. You can also email us, SpookyCrew at SpookySouthCoast.com, and hit us up on Twitter at SpookySC. We'll be right back in just a few minutes here on Spooky South Coast. Books off shelves from 20 feet away and scared the socks off some poor librarian. Turn on all your lights, lock the doors, and pull down the shades. Spooky South Coast is back. This looks extraordinarily bad. <laughs> all right, welcome back to Spooky South Coast. Tim Weisberg along with the silent assassin, Matt Costa. And we are taking your calls, 508-996-0500. 
1-877-996-1420. And uh, I want to let everybody know about something that popped up earlier today. And uh, it's on eBay now if you want to check it out. We have the Lizzie Borden the bed and bre- Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast where we'll be holding an event uh, on August in August, uh, which is already sold out. But uh, on August 4th, the anniversary of the murders every year, they put the John Morse room where Mrs. Borden was murdered. Yeah. They put it up on eBay because everybody wants to book the Morse room for that date. And if you're Leanne and you're running the Lizzie Borden bed and breakfast, it's hard to know, you know, when can you really take that reservation Yeah, and be fair? Because what was happening is people were trying to book it like on August 4th for the following August 4th. So to, to try to keep it fair and give everybody a fair shot at it, they put it up on eBay and they auction it off. And right now it's up there. It is uh, – there's nine days left in the auction. Let me see. Uh, let me refresh this because it's been a little while since uh, I opened that window. So there is nine days and 15 hours left. And the highest bid is $227.50, which I believe, if I remember right, for the summer season prices, that is not even at the price of the room. Or it might, might be $2.50 over. I can't remember if it's two seventy five dollars or two twenty five dollars yeah. for the Morris room regularly. Uh, so already, you know, that's, that's just a phenomenal deal. It's going to go a lot higher. Yeah. Ebay, when it comes down to the wire, that that's going to skyrocket. Right, there's people watching this, I'm oh, sure. Yeah, definitely, uh, and uh, and you can definitely find out more about it by going to the Lizzie Borden website, Lizzie-BB.com. I'm going to keep on, keep an eye on it too. I think uh, just to see how how much it actually goes for this year. Right. Yeah, we'll definitely keep an eye on. it. I know it's gone for like eight, nine hundred dollars, over a thousand dollars in the past, and uh, nobody's ever complained that it wasn't well worth the price. And in addition to the you know the regular stay. Of course, you you get to stay there uh, for the night. You get breakfast in the morning and all that kind of stuff. Uh, In addition to the normal treatment that you get, the outstanding treatment that you get at the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast, you will also receive two I Survived the Night at Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast t-shirts and uh, two Lizzie Borden coffee mugs when you uh, arrive on that night. So that's, I mean, you're getting some extra incentives there. And uh, you, you get to have the room, the most requested room, for the night of the murders, August fourth, two thousand thirteen, the John Morris from the Lizzie Borden Bed and Breakfast. If you go to eBay, just search Lizzie Borden BB. That's the seller name on eBay uh, to check out the auction for yourself. But again, get in early, get in now, uh, make sure that you are bidding and put your maximum bid amount pretty high because it is going to go up there, and uh, it is well worth it. And I can tell you that uh, I've been in the house on the anniversary of the murders. And I've had some pretty, pretty awesome stuff happen. Do they experience heightened activity around Absolutely. around that time? Yes. Well, because one of the things they do is they do reenactments of the murder yep. on August fourth. So that's kind of ah, stirring that just up riles them exactly. Up. It's stirring up those psychological scars that are there. And it was on August fourth a few years ago when Moniz and I encountered that shadow figure in the basement yep. that we oh, chased yeah. around yeah. for quite a while. Uh, so you know, it's 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 really it's great to be there. On August 4th, and it's hard to get in there anyway, Yeah. but uh, it's really good to be there in the Morse room, which is uh, one of the most active rooms in the entire house, so check that out, and you can bid on that now, and uh, I don't know, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to stay the night there on August 4th. Yeah. I, I definitely wouldn't sleep, I know that, but that would be more because um, 
I, I wouldn't sleep more because I'd just be waiting for something to happen. But if you're uh, if you're worried yeah, think, about a if you're worried about I think a, the anticipation would probably keep me up as well. If you're worried about a great night's sleep, though, you don't have to worry because you will get that there. It's uh, they take care of you. They treat you like family, as <laughs> Leanne always says. <laughs> so uh, just to let everybody know about some stuff coming up here on the program uh, next Saturday night, we will be joined by Elisa Campion, who is a psychic and, and an empath. So uh, not only does she have psychic abilities. But she also is an empathic person, you know, working on a, on an emotional wavelength. And uh, she'll be joining us and she'll be taking your calls. And, and I believe she's doing some readings uh, over the phone for people as well. So tune in for that. You don't want to miss that because uh, anytime that you have a chance to get a free reading here on Spooky South Coast, the phone lines are jammed. Yeah. So uh, don't don't wait and tune into that one late. Uh, then on June 15th, we'll be doing, joined by Dr. Daniel Romanos, who has written a, a book about the darker side of Baltimore and some of the things happening over Baltimore. So we'll talk about that, uh, a little bit of uh, a regional twist uh, for our friends down there in the Chesapeake Bay area. And then on June 22nd, not sure if this is going to air live on the station because we'll be at our Legend Trips event uh, at Fort Tabor, Fort Rodman, but uh, we will be recording with Rick, I'm sorry, we'll be recording with Nick Redfern our uh, second time <laughs> that we've had to record with Nick because he's never available on Saturday nights. He's a busy guy. We'll be talking to him about his new book, The Monster Files, which I'm reading now, and it looks at government files on strange creatures, uh, cryptids and aliens and things like that. And as soon as I'm done with it, Macos, I'm going to lend it to you because I know you're going to love it. It's right yeah. up your alley. Nice. And uh, so we'll be pre-recording with Nick, and I'll talk to you about that, Matt, because I'd love to have you in on that uh, interview as well. And then uh, coming up on June, I'm sorry, July 6th, we're going to be having a simulcast with Lara Calhoun and Resurrection Radio talking about the need for public relations and, and talent agencies within the paranormal community. So uh, we'll be doing her show from 8 to 10 and then doing our show with her from 10 to midnight. So it's going to be four hours of discussion uh, through the that two sounds meetings. sounds like it's going to be hectic and a lot of fun. It will. And, and, and Lara's great, and uh, I'm really looking forward to having the chance to talk to her. And then coming up on July 13th, we'll be joined by David Weatherly to talk about black-eyed kids. This is probably the most requested topic yeah. that I've heard from listeners wanting us to cover here on the I'm show. Not, I'm, never not, too, I'm never not too f- familiar with that topic. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, I've got the book, and I will let you read it yeah. so that you can check it out ahead of time and, and be ready to ask David some questions because he is the authority on black-eyed kids. And so this is going to be a, a creepy night that's going to have you looking over your shoulder for weeks. And that's coming up on July 13th. So, again, if you want to keep up to date with all this stuff, just go to SpookySouthCoast.com. Uh, right now up there we have a new article on the sounds of the spooky. It's uh, something that our content director, Chris Balzano, put up uh, about music and the paranormal. Looking back at some of our past episodes of Spooky South Coast that deal with music. We have our paranormal cool. blues episodes, our, our Gary Patterson appearances, uh, and our talk with Joe Nisgoda about Paul uh, – I'm sorry, about John Lennon. So check that out. It's worth – you know, if you get some time to kill, you're at work this week. Uh, there's there's five or six podcasts up there uh, tied into that page, so you can listen to that more. And uh, that's also really the place to find out everything about the show. You can also follow us on Twitter at SpookySC. I know Matt and Chris have been doing a lot, posting up a lot yep. of weird news stories and things. And uh, we we've got some plans coming up uh, for the website in the coming weeks. And I know Spooky TV, oh, yeah, yeah. we're definitely working on uh upping yeah. things there so yeah i uh, made some uh some progress today with uh some some more content that hopefully is gonna uh improve awesome. TV. and we can't let the cat out of the bag yet but we're no. planning something big for october yes so 
definitely stay tuned to Spooky TV for that. All right, we're pretty much out of time now. So uh, I think that we're going to have to wrap things up. We'll be back next Saturday night from 10 to midnight or, you know, whenever the Red Sox let us get on. I haven't checked the schedule. But uh, hopefully it won't be uh, – I'm pretty sure it won't be against the Yankees, so it won't be uh, another, you know, four-and-a-half-hour baseball fest. <laughs> so we'll see you next Saturday night. From Matt, Matt, Chris, I'm Tim. We want you all to stay spooktacular.